for us so that we could be free. The Bible says whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So I declare we're free indeed this morning. We're free from sickness and sin and, and uh, oppression of any kind because of what Jesus has done for us. So as we hold this bread, Lord Jesus, we remember your body and we thank you for what it brings to our lives. Healing. We speak healing from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. Deliverance from fear. We declare that we are delivered from fear. For God has not given to us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So this morning we rest in peace and in perfect peace. Peace that passes understanding. Lord, even if we got a diagnosis of COVID-19, Lord, it does not change our position of faith because of the inheritance that we have. In you, we declare healing and wholeness in our bodies from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. This bread symbolizes the crown of thorns. It symbolizes our prosperity. Lord, you became poor that we might become rich and abundantly supplied. You laid down glory and came to be a man, not just a man, but a poor man. Foxes have holes. Birds have nests, but, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. So we thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price for us to be abundantly supplied. So we, we declare that you are our provider today. We call forth provision from the north, the south, the east, and the west because we're tithers. Men give to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give into our bosom? We thank you, Lord, that our supply cannot be stopped. That COVID-19, recession, uh, none of that can, can uh, cause us to have a downturn because we operate according to your kingdom economy because of this bread, because of the body of Christ. So we declare plenty, plenty in 2020. We are rich and abundantly supplied. We have plenty enough to give into every good work. We thank you, Father, that we are blessed and live in the blessed life. You yourself said in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So, Lord, we remember that now. As we receive the bread, by your stripes, we are healed. The Old Testament says, by his stripes, we are healed. Pastor Robert, the New Testament says, by his stripes, we were healed. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. I'm talking to you at home right now. It's already done. That I have the attitude that it's already done. Why? Because it is. It's already done. He's already done it for us. Amen. Well, let's hold on to the cup and let's lift it up and remember what it means. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. This is the cup of, of the covenant, of the new and everlasting covenant, a better covenant. Lord, we thank you for the blood of Christ that flowed from Calvary, that put us back in right relationship with you, Father God. It's all because of Jesus. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his blood. Jesus, we remember that you did it for us. You paid a debt you didn't know. We owed a debt we couldn't pay. Lord, we thank you that you have paid it. You have taken it completely out of the way for us. There's nothing that stands between us and the Father. We are one with you as you are one with the Father. We are all one together, Lord. We are your body. We, we are children and heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And we rejoice that all our sins are forgiven. They're all forgiven. We stand before you just as if we'd never sinned. We stand before you being washed clean by the word, Lord. Washed clean by the blood. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the blood. We just lay down every sin 
The Bible says to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. Lord, any besetting sins, we set them aside this morning and call on the blood. We call on the mercy of the blood. Any sins that, that, have, uh, that have held on to us and lingered to us. Any iniquity, Lord. You were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon you. And by your stripes, we're healed, forgiven in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for the blood. Thank you. There's power. Power. Wonder-working power. In the blood of the Lamb. If you're at home right now and you're watching on uh, Facebook or you're watching on YouTube, if you have sickness in your body anywhere, would you just place your hand wherever you're experiencing a setback or a sickness? Just place your hand there and let's just agree together for your healing. Father, we just... Agree together now. Your word says where two or three shall, if two, any two of you shall touch and agree on earth concerning anything in my name, it shall be done. So right now in the name of Jesus, we speak to all sickness right now, any disease, any infirmity, anything that is latched onto our lives. And we, we rebuke it. We bind it. It does not belong to us. It is not our portion. It is bound in heaven. So we bound it in earth. And we loose the healing virtue of God. Father, we thank you for real miracles to flow this morning in our lives. Real miracles, Lord. We thank you, God. You make a way where there seems to be no way. Lord, you're able to do absolutely anything. So we just call our bodies back into right alignment. Back into alignment. The alignment of healing the way you created us to be. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. If you're watching live, would you send me an amen right quick? Send me a, just flood me with amens and, and hearts. Amen, amen. Well, good morning and welcome everyone. How's everybody this morning? Y'all good? We have a few here in the house. Our skeleton crew is here and we appreciate our worship team. We appreciate Kevin and um, Jackie is doing an amazing job on the, the media power, PowerPoint, Jackie. We are so grateful for you and for you serving God with your gifts and talents. What a blessing you are. Can y'all just can we get a few claps in here? And my sweetheart is back. Sweetheart, you going to come and say hello to the people want to see you. He's really here. <laughs> come on, my sweetie. You have to get close to me. Oh, you got him a microphone. Okay, wonderful. He's back. He's back. And he won another tournament, free tournament, tournament thing. It's a big deal, babe. You're a big deal. You're kind of a big deal. Yes, you are. You're a big deal. I know. It's strange when you're here. I know. Well, there's a few people here. Amen. One, two, three. One, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's good. Three more and we got 12 disciples, right? Yep. Amen. It's good to be back. You know, it's 75 degrees and nice breeze off the oceans, over, overrated. Yeah. <laughs> in, uh, in Rhode Island, he's speaking yeah. of. He just got home from Rhode Island after being there for two long weeks. Just and, flew uh, by. No, for you it did. <laughs> yeah, but I'm so glad you're home. I missed you. Glad to be back. Okay. All right. That's it. Murray Snow, the one and the only... Well, I'm so excited, y'all, for what's coming up. What you know, um, there's a group of pastors that are praying in humble, 
pastors and leaders um, who are praying and humble for revival. And I'm so excited to be a part of this group. Pastor Robert's part of this group. Um, Pastor Carolyn has come. Shout out to Pastor Carolyn. And um, uh, Joshua has come. So uh, to pray at strategic areas. This week we're praying at the humble fire department which is symbolic because we're believing God for the fire of God to fall and humble, amen, the spiritual fire. And, um, you know, at Azusa Street, I've been studying, studying the Azusa Street revival, which was about 100 years ago, 115 years ago, maybe 111 years, you know, yeah, about 100, and, yeah, 111 years ago was when it ended, I think. But um, I'm studying that, and at one point, they called the fire department because the glory of God was so amazing. The glory of God was the Shekinah glory. It would it would appear like a mist on the floor, and uh, it would hover off the floor. And then there were flames that could be seen on the roof, and they would shoot like 50 feet up in the air, and then they would meet with another flame that was coming down from the heavenlies, from the heavens. They would meet together, and uh, people would call the fire department because they thought the building was on fire. Amen. I want that fire. I want that fire in Humble, Texas. I want to see that fire here in our church. I believe it. Ever since I got saved 26 years ago, I've been praying and believing God for uh, for revival in Humble, Texas. In fact, when I began this church four years ago, I, I know that God directed me that I must be in Humble, Texas, and specifically on this west side of 59. West? East. East, west, yeah. The west side, this west side of 59, he specifically directed me that he, that he wanted us to be right here. So we started in the movie tavern, and then we um, moved here a year and a half ago, almost two years ago. So um, I'm just expecting God to, you know, he rewards obedience, amen? If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So if they obey and serve him, they'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. You know, I'm looking beyond prosperity and pleasure. I'm looking for revival, for an outpouring, for an awakening to happen in our city, amen, that will go to around the world. So I'm so excited that this group of pastors that I've been connected with, um, one of the pastors, Pastor Edwin Gill, has, is for the last, I guess, four or five years, he has had what's called Humble, humble Pray Unity. He's, it's what is called Humble Pray Unity um, in Humble, Texas, and it's going to be at the Humble Civic Center, and it's going to be on Saturday, August the 1st. Saturday, August the 1st. And I don't have the time right now, but it would be so awesome if we could really make a good showing. It's always only been pastors that have been there before, but now they're allowing everyone to come. So I'm inviting our congregation to go on on Saturday, August the 1st, wear your mask, and uh, come in. So uh, I'm super excited about that. I want you to begin to peak your faith and begin to be ready to see the miracles and signs and wonders just you know and god blesses unity the azusa street revival was a was a revival of unity they were years and years and years ahead of their time they were um there was black there was white there was asian there was um polish italians people from everywhere all came together and they whoever's who when they got there whoever felt anointed would get up and minister and if they weren't anointed they'd say uh you need to sit down <laughs> If they weren't anointed, they just got up and went on or something. They'd say, um, you need to sit down. There was one mother 
you know, would sit there and look up and just say, um, you need to sit down. But they would wait till somebody who had something from the Lord stood up and began to share that with everyone. And you know, when it's anointed, everybody knows it, right? So that, uh, was an amazing thing. And I'm, I'm looking forward to having times like that. Praise the Lord. And, uh, so, um, August the, the 1st, Saturday, August the 1st, at the Humble Civic Center. I'm asking you to come and to be there. Amen? All right. Well, let's get ready to receive the word. Are y'all ready this morning? All right. You got your note sheet, your clipboard, and your pen at, at home. You know you can um, download it or not download it. Yes, you can download the notes and print them out right from your phone. You can go to um, accelerationchurch.com, and right on the front page, you can just download the note sheet and print it out. Or you can look at the Acceleration app right from your cell phone. Uh, just go to Sermon Notes, click it, and this morning's sermon is already on there. Is that correct, Kevin? It's already on there. The sermon notes are already there if you want to follow along. If not, you can just always go back and look at them later. Use it as your um, study guide for um, all week to just use it as a study. Because you don't get it because you hear it one time. You do not get it because you hear it one time. You've got to hear it over. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want to keep feeding yourself with that. Amen? All right. Well, let's make our faith declaration. Say this with me. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. To hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better. So that I may do better. Have better. And be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I'm becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. And I'm becoming everything that the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all shout hallelujah. All right. Well, we have been focused on the last two weeks and again on this week on crisis, Um, going through crisis. We talked about being covered in crisis. And then um, last Sunday, we talked about crisis again. And uh, this week, we're going to talk about faith for prolonged crisis. (sighs) This thing is going on longer than I thought it should. Longer than I thought it would. Amen. I'm ready to get back to church. I feel like people are ready to get back to church too. We had a lot of calls this morning for people who wanted to come and to be here. So um, people are ready. I think people are ready, you know, to get back to life, get back to church and to get back here together. So, um, you know, but it's, it's been prolonged. I mean, three and a half months. That's a long time to not be in church. That's a long time. So this, um, and, and, you know, with all the other things that we're facing, you know, with jobs and, and that kind of thing, you know, it's, it's been a challenging, trying time. It's, it, we're in a, a season of crisis. But how many of you know God expects us to win in the crisis? We can win with the cards we've been dealt. It doesn't matter what we go through. We are still above only and not beneath. We're still the head and not the tail. Amen. So um, we're going to look at faith for prolonged crisis. What do you do when things go longer than you think they should? When you feel like I'm about to give up, about to give up, I've had it. (laughs) So we don't get to give up and we don't get to quit. Amen. So let's look at faith for prolonged crisis. Number one, God promises to deliver us from crisis, adversity and affliction, even when it is prolonged. Because you can get in that thing and be in it so long you just feel like it's never going to change and you give up using the faith principles that bring us out of stuff like this. Amen. So we have to continue to speak the word of God, continue to fill ourselves up 
not on what we're seeing on social media. Listen to me. You cannot, everybody is an armchair politician, an armchair, um, you know, racism expert. Um, Everybody is like, everybody's an expert now, and they're just all putting their opinions out there. And if we keep filling up on that junk, we're going to be conformed to this world. And we are not called to be conformed to this world, but we are called to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we can prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So this is this is no time to uh, sit back, to relax. This is a time to really press in in faith, make sure we're listening to the word more than we're listening to anything else. And I have just like shut the news off, y'all. I'm sorry. If it's anything real important, would one of y'all call me? Because I'm just not going to, you know, there's so much fear mongering and so much going on. And, and most news is not news anymore. It's opinions. And they get this person on. Well, what do you think about this? It's not actual news. It's just an expert given their opinion, which could be very biased uh, uh, politically. So it's so frustrating now. I'm just like, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow them to, to deposit that trash in my spirit. So if it's something, I'll get a notice on my phone if it's real, real serious, right? Won't they send me an, an alert? They're good at sending out those alerts these days. So I'll get an alert if it's something I need to pay attention to. But other than that, I'm not filling myself up. I'm focusing on the fact that God is a delivering God right now. That God has a plan past this pandemic. That he's got a plan past what we're going through right now. Psalm 34, 19 says, Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He delivers them. He delivers him out of them all. The short ones and the long ones. Amen. So when it seems like it's going long, we can still say, God, you're a deliverer. No matter what affliction I find myself in, you're going to deliver me out of it all. Number two, he will not allow us to be tried beyond what we're able, even if it is prolonged. He's not going to allow us. He's not going to leave you in there long enough or longer than what you're able to handle. Amen. So, so, so far we're doing good, right? We're doing good, and we just we just continue to stand and to keep on standing. But he's not going to allow us. I, I have to I have to sort of rest in this trial, knowing that God, you're not going to leave us in here beyond what we're able. Amen. He's going to give me the stamina. He's going to give me the strength to go through this situation. First Corinthians ten thirteen. It says, "No temptation, adversity, test, or trial has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful." But God is faithful. But God is faithful. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted, tried, and assayed beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Amen. So I know God's not going to allow me. Uh, um, he's going to deliver me out of affliction, even if it's a long one. Amen. And that he's going you know, some people have been waiting on getting a healing for, for many years. Many years. There's people who are dealing with real stuff, not just this COVID-19, but in the scope of your life. Some people have been dealing with poverty um, for a long time. People have been dealing with, you know, um, all types of things. Mental illness. People have been dealing with um, family issues. People have been believing their, their unsaved loved ones saved for a long time. So people have been believing for a long time. If that's you today, you've been believing for a long time. I've got good news for you. God is a deliverer. He delivers us out of every affliction. And he won't let us stay in it too long. 
Amen. He will come right on time and get us out so that we'll be able to bear it. He's not going to give you more than you can bear. Abraham waited 25 years for Isaac, and it wasn't too long. The man by the pool of Bethesda, he was paralyzed for 38 years. It wasn't too long because Jesus showed up, amen, and, and told him, he said, you know, do you want to get healed? Do you want to? I mean, for 38 years you've been here and you hadn't found a way to get down in the water first. I would live on the edge, wouldn't you? I would live on the edge. You just let that water look like it's got a little bit of a stirring to it and I'm, fall, I'm just falling in. Amen. You, you would think he would have at least fallen in by 38 years. But Jesus said, do you want to get healed? And he said, well, there's nobody to put me in when the water moves. And because it was a, it was a, I don't even know if it was true. It says that an angel would come down and stir the water. And the first person who would get in the water when the angel stirred the water would get healed. But Jesus said, rise up, take your bed and walk. So he got up. He just got up. He just obeyed by faith and got up after 38 years. You mean that's all there is to it? Just had to have faith. He had faith to get up, take his bed and to walk home. Then, of course, he got in trouble for carrying his bed on the Sabbath. Religious spirits. They're just a mess, aren't they? So, 38 years, the men, but it wasn't too long. David ran from Saul between 7 and 10 years after David had already been anointed king. 7 to 10 years. He has this 7, could you imagine a 7 to 10 year battle in the wilderness with somebody? Somebody chasing you? Could you imagine that? It wasn't too long. Because God eventually did put David on the throne. The bent over woman was bent over for 18 years. Jesus said, think of it. For 18 years, bent all the way over and could in no way raise herself up. But Jesus said, woman, come here. You are loose from your infirmity. It wasn't too late because Jesus got to her right on time. The woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, for 12 years, and she'd spent all her money. Wasn't too long. She was able to get to Jesus and touch the hem of his garment. And uh, she was every bit healed. H- Hannah spent years and years barren, the Bible says. But it wasn't too long. Her sister wife, Paniah, kept having sons and daughters right in her face. Now, isn't that frustrating when somebody else all around you is getting what you've been believing for for longer than they have? How do you handle that? All Hannah wanted was to have some children. And Paniah keeps having them, sons and daughters and sons and daughters, right in her face while she never has any. And she's so upset about it because the Bible says the Lord had closed up her womb. She's so upset about it. But um, listen, listen to this. First Samuel 1 Samuel 1.7, it says, So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her, her the, the sister wife provoked her because she had children, but... Um, uh, she didn't have the husband's love. They were both married to the same man. And uh, he loved Hannah and gave Hannah extra offerings to bring before the Lord. But that didn't mean anything to somebody who's not believing for an offering. I'm believing for a baby. So Paniah kept having sons and daughters and kept making her feel bad about it. That she didn't have any children. So year by year. Did you see that? First Samuel 1 Samuel 1.7. Year by year. So it was year by year. It was years and years. They went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Every year she's provoking her a little bit more. And uh, says, therefore, she wept and did not eat. So Hannah was beside herself because she could not have a child. She was barren. She focused on the pain of the decades of, of barrenness instead of the hope that God could change her situation. Until one year, she just said, you know what? This crying don't make any sense. 
It don't make any sense for me to just keep on crying. So she went to the temple and she sought God. And the Bible says that she poured her, her heart out to the Lord. And uh, she didn't just cry and get up and leave, but she made a deal with God. She laid an offering on that altar that she didn't even have in her hands yet. She said, God, if you'll give me a son, I'll come and bring him back to you and I'll give him to you. And he'll be lent to the Lord all the days of his life. And that's what she did. So a seed, think about this. In your crisis, a seed always gets God's attention. That's good. A seed always gets God's attention in a crisis. So she, in essence, sowed a seed, made a pledge to sow a seed if God would give it to her. First Samuel 17 through 18. So uh, as she's crying there at the, at the altar, Eli sees her there. And he says, you know, he thinks she's drunk because she's talking, but only her mouth is moving. And, and she poured out her heart so much. She was so beside herself that she seemed to be drunk. And uh, Eli began to uh, fuss at her and say, girl, you need to stop drinking so much. And she said, I'm not drinking, but I poured out my heart before the Lord. And Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. Everything changed for her right there. Verse 18, it says, and she said, let your, mate, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. So she decided, I'm not going to be sad over this anymore. Being sad is not getting me anywhere, but I'm going to switch to faith. He already said, let my petition be done. So she received that in her heart as a confirmation that she would receive it. She had received it already in her heart. Amen. She went home not sad anymore because she already received a baby in her heart. Come on, y'all. Do you hear me how faith works this morning? She received it already in her heart. Hallelujah. So she went home happy. And uh, her spirit had received it as a real fact. And there was a peace and a calm that came over her. You have to get to the place where in the middle of my torment, in the middle of my crisis, I can say it's already done. I already have it. And be in peace and joy. Amen. First Samuel 1 Samuel 1.20 it says, So it came to pass in the process of time. Could you underline the process of time? Because when, when things are going on longer than you want them to, you've got to learn how to process time. We have to learn how to process time. 1 Samuel 1.20 came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son. The object of her faith came to pass. But it's because she learned how to process the time correctly and focus on the joy that she would receive rather than what was happening right now. Amen. When I think about Kenta and Tamar, and I, I expected them to be here this morning, but I guess they're still honeymoon and praise the Lord. But, um, you know... Tamar is, is the product of Kenta's faith. And Kenta is the product of Tamar's faith. They both believed for a long time. Kenta was 42. When he, or 41 when he met his bride. 42 now that they're married. I think, did he just turn 43 or 42? I can't remember. But um, he just turned 42. And I, I believe she's 32. So they waited. They didn't settle for something, something less. They waited to, to find that perfect mate that God had for them. And it was the product. It was a long, it was a long time waiting. I felt so bad for Kenta for so many years. I've, I've prayed for him laying across the autumn in my living room. God, please bring a wife to my, to my son. Please bring a wife. to uh, Let someone come who will love him for who he is and appreciate him and all the gifts that he has in him. 
and look at Tamar. When I look at her and I see how beautiful she is, her pure heart, how much she loves God, I think, oh, God, look at how it pays to wait. <laughs> and to wait with a heart that's in faith because he was constantly in faith. He'd make his vision board every year. And I remember the last vision board that he made, he put an engagement ring on there. He put a bride with the veil and everything on there. Uh, he, he, believed, he believed it into, into existence, y'all. He believed it into existence. It's the product of faith and patience. Because you can have faith, but if you don't have patience, you'll stop short. You've got to have faith and patience so you'll go the distance. Hebrews 6.12 says, imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. They held out, kept speaking the word of God, kept looking at that vision board, building those vision boards until... She manifested, actually, God revealed her to him or revealed him to her. I'm not sure which one. I think he started talking to her first. <laughs> and then there's the famous washing of the car. He washed her car. How precious is that? And that was, that, that was it. Yuri's back there clapping because he's believing God for his wife. Praise the Lord, Yuri. Praise the Lord, Yuri. You've got to have faith and patience. Be patient. Amen. So it's never too late for God. Sometimes the delay is, is uh, to bring God bigger glory. Amen. Like Lazarus. You know, Jesus let Lazarus lay in the tomb for four days so they wouldn't have trouble believing for three when he died. Amen. John eleven fourteen. Jesus said when they came and they told uh, Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus and said, you know, Lazarus, the one that you love is sick. And Jesus said, you know, this, is, this was Jesus' response. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And then Jesus stayed two more days before he left on his way to come back. But when he got there, he, he had already done a lot of healing, but this was going to be a big deal. This was going to be a big deal. And so Martha is standing outside the tomb, and... Uh, and uh, we have to be like Martha. Martha. Martha said, Lord, I believe even now, even now, after he's been dead four days, when Jesus finally shows up, he's been dead four days. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha's like, Lord, there's, there's a stench. He's been in there four days. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Didn't I tell you if you'd believe you'd see the glory of God? He says in John eleven twenty one through 22, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, would y'all put a circle around even now? But even now, I know. Even now, I know. Even now, I know. See, some places in this journey in a prolonged crisis, you think it's too late. Things have gone, too, gone on too long. I'm too far into this. This is never going to work. Look, she said, but even now, I know. You got to know in the middle of that thing that God has got a plan. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. So, you know, he says, your brother will rise again. And uh, she said, well, I know he'll rise in the resurrection. We, as Jews, we all know that. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And I'm here right now. Amen. And he proved that when he shouted into the tomb, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of that tomb right in front of all of them. It was for the glory of God. It was for them to see that he, that they could, so that they could believe for his resurrection. Amen. Which would be just like a week later, right? So he gives us strength to endure until change comes. He gives it to us. So number three, our faith is designed by God to cause us to overcome in crisis. It's our faith. It's our faith. It's our faith. 
We've been designed by God and our faith is designed to cause us to overcome in crisis. 1 John 5, 4. This is the victory that has overcome the world. What is it? It's our faith. Our faith. Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Revival and humble is so real to me now. I've received it as a real fact that I'm like preparing for it. I'm, I'm preparing, even though the, 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 the sanctuary, we just have a handful of people here because we are shut down until the numbers go down just a bit. We may be back open by next week. We'll see. But um, even though we're at this place, we've built out two new children's facilities that we haven't even used yet. And I'm already in my mind way past this place and at, at home down the street, believing God for an even bigger place. Because I believe what God spoke to me and told me 17 years ago that, that um, when they see you, they will come from the north, the east, the south, and the west. They'll come and they will sit at your feet and you'll be able to give them what I've given you. And so I believe that more. I believe it uh, more than I'm standing here right now. I believe it more than anything I can see because I, I'm so... Um, put that thing inside my heart. It's um, my faith is so latched onto it that it's more real than than what I see. Amen. Hallelujah. So you have to be convicted of the reality of what it is you're believing God for. It's a real fact. I perceive it. It's a real fact. It's a done deal. It's already it's already happening. Even though it's not been revealed to my senses, my faith says it's already done. You got to say that. Would you say that this morning? It's already done. In Jesus' name. Number four, throughout the crisis, no matter how long, our desire must be to please God. See, the one thing you don't ever want to do in the middle of a crisis is to to lose your grip on faithfulness. I didn't get not even one amen right there. You do not want to let go of your faithfulness. So the blank is to please God. Throughout the crisis, no matter how long, our desire must be to please God. So, you know, we have to hold on to faithfulness, especially in a crisis. We hold on to faithfulness. Amen. We do the things that we know to do. We're faithful to read the word. We're faithful to hear the word. We're faithful to come to church or to watch church online, to hear the word of the Lord coming from our pastor or from your man or your woman of God. Uh, we we want to stay faithful with our tithes and our offerings, the things that we know to do. We stay faithful. Why? Because faithfulness pleases God. Amen. Faithfulness pleases God and faith pleases God. And if you don't have faith, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, come on, help me. It is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. I'm getting ready to talk about, um, start talking about on the prayer call about seeking God. What does it mean to really seek him? What do I do to really seek him? Because he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. The Bible says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear you from heaven and I will heal your land. How many of you know we need our land to be healed right now? Our land is in, is in a tremendous division, which is scary because um, a house divided, a kingdom divided, a nation divided cannot stand. 
It can't stand. We can't stand. We will implode. We will bite and devour one another. So we've got to come together in unity. God's got to do something miraculous soon. Amen? So he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. But if I'm going to please him, I've got to, I've got to get in faith. Amen? Mark 2, 5 says, when Jesus saw their what? When Jesus saw their faith. When Jesus saw their faith. When Jesus saw their faith, this is the four friends who picked up the paralytic friend and brought him to Jesus and they couldn't get in through the door. So they went up on the roof and ripped the door, ripped the roof off the top and lowered it. Lowered, how you going to lower a paralyzed man down from the roof into the house? How are you going to do that? How did they even do it? But they lowered him down until he was right in front of Jesus and their faith pleased him. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And then he told him to rise up. He said, what do you think is easier to say? Your your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? And they all look like, hmm. This man paralyzed. He can't move a finger. He got up and walked. Amen. So when we look at the heroes of faith, it was their faith that caused them to triumph over the crisis of their day. And they pleased God with their faith. Hebrews 11, 8. This is really cool, y'all. Look. Because I, I, I uh, typed these out in the Amplified Version. Hebrews eleven eight. Look at this. Urged on by faith. Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went forth to a place which he was destined to receive as an inheritance. And he went, although he did not know or trouble his mind about where he was to go. Hallelujah. See, we want too much information. We want God to show us too much before we'll step out. Lord, but what do you, what if this and what if that? And I don't know. I don't know. See, faith is nonsense. Faith says, God says, pack up. Okay, let's go. Where are we going? I don't know, but we going because God said so. Amen. See, we want too much information. We're on a need to know basis. Like when God told Jonah to build an ark, what's an ark? What's rain? Don't worry about that. Just build a boat. Just build a boat. I'll tell you what you need to know after that. Hallelujah. But he was urged on. He was urged on by faith. And Hebrews 11.20 says, With eyes of faith. With the eyes of faith. Isaac, looking far into the future, invoked blessings upon Jacob and Esau. See, we're too. if we get too busy caught up looking at what's going on right now, we won't look and see that it's about a whole lot more than right now. We look through the eyes of faith into the future and begin to speak to tomorrow. Amen. Speak those things that be not as though they were. Hallelujah. So with the eyes of faith, we have to, um, I posted this on Facebook this week and it's interesting because I think this is like the second highest post I've ever had with shares. I think I had like 34 shares on this one. The, the one that was the highest was the one that I posted that said that, um, Goliath so underestimated David that he never even took his sword out of his sheath. That one has gone like viral. But this one had like 34 shares just in like a couple of days. And it's this. Faith is when you stop believing what you see and start seeing what you believe. Stop believing what you see and start seeing what you believe. See, through Isaac's eyes, he could see the future of his boys, Esau and and, uh, Jacob. He could see blessings on his boys into the future because... There was nothing but fighting going on between those two. Still fighting going on between those two. <laughs> All right, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by 
faith and not by sight. Remember when Elijah, there was a pandemic of his day. There had been a three and a half years of no rain. There was a drought, so there was a famine in the land. But Elijah, with a, a man with a nature like ours, shut his eyes and put his head between his knees on a clear, sunny day, because there's been no rain in three and a half years. He shuts his eyes so he does not see this, the clear, sunny sky. But he says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And he sent his servant seven times and six times he came back and he said there's nothing in the sky but the seventh time he came back and said well there's a small cloud it's just about the size of a man's hand he said that's it he got up he was through praying he had prayed in a rainstorm amen so he had to shut his eyes sometimes we have to shut our eyes to what we're seeing in the natural realm so that we can see what god wants to manifest amen so a three and a half year drought and famine was ended by his faith and his prayer. James 5, 17 through 18. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. We see how he got the answer to his prayer. He shut his eyes and looked through the eyes of faith and declared what he heard. Amen. Hebrews eleven twenty one says prompted by faith. Jacob, when he was dying, uh, blessed Esau, each of Joseph's sons and bowed in prayer over the top of his staff. So he was prompted by faith. Sometimes we have to let faith prompt us rather than things um, in the natural, in the earth. Don't let your emotions prompt you. Amen. Um, but be prompted by faith. And then uh, Hebrews eleven twenty two. it says actuated by faith. What does actuated mean? It says to stir into activity. So what happened? This is Joseph. Actuated by faith. Joseph, when he was nearing the end of his life, referred to the promise of God for the departure of the Israelites out of Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his own bones. Joseph said, look, after 400 years, you know, God told our great-grandpa, Abraham, that, that our people would be afflicted in Egypt for 400 years. But after 400 years, we're going to come out with great wealth. He says, when y'all come out of here, you take my bones with you. You don't leave my bones here in Egypt. You take my bones with you to the promised land. And so he was actuated. That means to be stirred into activity. Um, Hebrews eleven twenty five. Aroused by faith, Moses, when he had grown to maturity and became great, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So what does aroused mean? He was aroused by faith. Aroused means to awaken someone from sleep, to awaken an emotion or, or awaken a response. So our, our response has got to be in faith. So um, Moses was aroused by faith um, to, to get into faith. Amen. Um, Hebrews eleven twenty nine. Urged on by faith. The people crossed the Red Sea, though, um, though on dry land, as though they were on dry land. Um, Hebrews 11.32. And what shall I say further? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who by the help of faith, by the help of faith, subdued kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promised blessings, closed the mouths of lions, extinguished the power of raging fire, escaped devourings of the sword, out of frailty and weakness won strength and became stalwart, even mighty and, re and resistless in battle. Oh, I love that word. Mighty and res resistless in battle. That means nobody could resist them in battle. Um, and then routing alien hosts. So stalwart means to be loyal, re reliable, hardworking, supporter, participant on a team. So they became um, something that they weren't. They became strong and they became reliable and loyal even though they had not been that before. Hallelujah. But they did it through faith. How was it in that one? By the help of faith. 
Okay, so number five, God will give me strength to endure until change comes. So you're in the middle of a, of a, a, a crisis and it seems like it's going on too long. You feel like you can't do it anymore. God promises to give us strength to endure until change comes. Ephesians 6.10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So he tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So we have to choose to be strong. Amen. He gives us the strength to endure, but we choose it. Hebrews 10 36, but you need to stick it out. Stay with God's plan. So you'll be there for the promised completion. I love this. It won't be long now. He's on the way. He'll show up most any minute. Hebrews 10.39 says, but we're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no, we'll stay with it and survive, trusting all the way. 1 Corinthians 15.58, it says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So we have to decide that we're going to dig our heels in and we're going to keep on standing. Amen. Even though it's taken a long time, even though you feel like you're weary, you might say, well, I've confessed the word. You know, I tried that tithe. And, you know, so you have to do something consistently. You have to be consistent. Keep being consistent and uh, keep doing doing what God's word says. And and be immovable. Don't let anything. When the Bible says, uh, when you've done all you can do to stand, stand therefore. Amen. You've done all you can to do. Just keep on standing. Isaiah 40, 31, it says, But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power. So one translation says, shall change and renew their physical, mental, and emotional strength. Physical, mental, and emotional strength. Every way you need to be strengthened, God is able to strengthen you. If you're physically feeling tired, come on, God can strengthen your body. Hallelujah. He'll strengthen your heart. He'll strengthen your mind. He'll strengthen your emotions so that you can, you can bear it. It says they shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. Hallelujah. So stop saying you're tired. Stop saying you can't do it. Stop saying that you're weak or you're out of, you're out of strength. That's not true. That's not true. The Bible says when I'm weak, then am I strong? Hallelujah. So we, when we come to the end of our own strength, we draw on the strength of God. All right. Number six. No, we are just smoking fast here. We're almost done. Praise the Lord. Who said amen the loudest? Was that my husband? <laughs> All right. Number six. This is so awesome, y'all. This is so awesome. Know that God's creative power backs up my faith. He, he has creative power. When I bring my faith and he brings his creative power, that's where it's at right there. That's where it's at. That's where, that's where the, the power of God manifests. Um, when I bring my faith to him and he brings the creative power together, that's, that's, that's it right there. But we have to be bold. We have to decide that we're going to be bold. And sometimes, you know, you know, some people can't handle it because, you know, when you're confessing the word of God and you've been confessing it, you've been confessing it for years. People could be laughing at me. I don't even care. It don't even even matter to me. It's been like 16, 17 years now since Fred Price spoke that prophetic word of me, but I'm still speaking it. And see, you will look silly for a while. And most people can't handle that. 
Most people can't handle looking silly for a while because they, they still have a reputation. See, I checked my reputation at the door. <laughs> it's a, a, Jesus made himself of no reputation. So you have to choose. I'm going to make myself of no reputation. I'm still, here I am, Lord. Here still I am, still believing, just like a hundred-year-old man. That Abraham was a hundred-year-old man. Sarah was, what, 75, 80 years old when she had a baby? 90? I don't know. She was old. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds silly. But they were still believing God. Even at that point, God's creative power came and made that couple able to have a child at their age. Amen. Mark 16, 20, it says, And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So our job is the word, right? Our job is the word, to know the word, to pray the word, to speak the word, to do the word, to be the word. That's our part. Amen? Come on, that's our part. And then God confirms the word with accompanying signs. He brings his creative power to back up our faith. So he's committed to us. He's committed to his word. The Bible says he's exalted his word above even his name. Above all his name. He's exalted his word. His word will go forth and it shall not return void. Amen? But it will go out and accomplish the thing for wherein he sent it. Hallelujah. And, and get this. The word has more power than the stats and logic. The word has more power than stats and logic. It has more power than what the news media says. The word is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And when we send the word, that's why it's, it's a weapon. we got to use it like a weapon and speak it. Amen. And declare it. It has more power than stats and logic and, and news reports. Amen. Um, so don't allow stats and log- logic to cloud your mind. Don't go on. You get a diagnosis for something. You go on the internet to see what the symptoms are. You go on to see if, um, you know, how long do people live with this diagnosis? That's that's the wrong thing to fill your mind up with. What you want to get is what does God's word say about healing? Oh, He heals all your diseases, forgives all your iniquities. He many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. By His stripes we were healed, and uh, He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Amen. So those are the things I want to fill myself up on. I don't want to fill my head with stats and logic about what I'm going through. Amen. But I want to fill my head up on what God does in situations like that. I want to read about the stories of the people in the Bible who went through something and God delivered them. Amen. So you have to develop the boldness to speak the word of God no matter matter how silly it looks. Amen. Acts 4.13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they saw the what? They saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled. So when they saw their boldness and they knew that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. Then they realized that they had been with Jesus. So um, decide to have a no matter what attitude. It's the resolve of the righteous. I don't quit attitude and disposition. There's a demeanor that goes along with faith. That says, I'm not going to quit no matter what. You you know, the Bible says, I've set my face like flint. and I'm not going to move off of my faith. I'm committed no matter the cost, no matter the consequences, no matter the critics. See, most people can't handle critics because you need acceptance from them, I guess. If you, if you acknowledge what a critic has to say, you know, I don't, I don't care about people who criticize me. I handle criticism and praise the same way. I don't let it go to my head. 
either one of them. Hallelujah. So um, you have to be committed past those who are going to make fun of you. There's a, there's a cost to it, but you have to be willing. If you're willing to wait forever, you won't have to. Decide in your mind, I am willing to wait forever. And if you're willing to wait forever, you will not have to wait. So can we shorten a crisis? Can we? David shortened the crisis. David stopped the crisis with his seed. 2 Samuel 24, 24 through 25. So David, see, God had told David, don't count the people. And see, that's hard for a shepherd. David was a shepherd. That's what you do is you count the sheep. Where are they at? Where are they at? Where are they at? Well, who's wandered off? Bobo wandered off again. He go off and looking for the sheep because that's what he did. He was a shepherd. He counted. And, and when he became king, God said, don't count the people. What did David do? Sent people out to go count the people. God said, don't count the people. But David went and counted the people. So it brought, his poor decision brought a plague on the people, like a real plague came, came on the people. And uh, David went to go sow a seed and to bring an offering before the Lord that uh, the Lord would stop the plague. And so he goes to where um, uh, uh, Aruna is, and he goes to... Um, to, to give an offering there, and when he gets there, there's the guy. He's got his threshing floor there. He's got his oxen. He's got, you know, his um, the thing that you're plowing with. He's got all of that, and uh, he said, here, King David, my Lord, he said, here, you can have the threshing floor. You can have the oxen as your offering, and here you can have this. Use my plowing thing to, to, for the wood to burn up the oxen. He said, you can have it all, and David said, I will not give something to my God that cost me nothing. So he bought it all from Aruna. He bought it all, and he offered there before the Lord, and he put his offering, and uh, when he did, the angel stopped the plague that was on the people. So I believe, I've heard about people who've sowed, sown seeds um, for situations in their life, um, like I heard about a woman who was having issues with uh, another co-worker, a co-worker that was just giving her problems all the time. Just a difficult person. Y'all know what I'm talking about? A difficult person. Someone who just does things um, in a difficult way just to be a truculent person. Just argumentative and, and, and wants to do things another way just to, just to get on your nerves. And you know they're doing it just to get on your nerves. Well, she had had enough of this person and she went and sowed a seed in her church. Just, you know, gave an offering and, and just prayed, Lord, I'm sowing this seed. I'm releasing my faith. I'm asking. It's no different than praying. You know, you can pray, God, I just ask you to move this person out of the office. So she had done that, and it wasn't budging. So she comes and she puts a seed on the altar. She said, God, I put my seed on this altar. I ask you to move this person out of the office. And within a week, the woman was gone. Moved to another office. Moved to another position. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I believe that, yes, you can sow a seed that would cause a, a plague to stop, that could cause a situation that you're going to, a crisis that you're going to. I believe. I believe offerings get God's attention. Scripture definitely validates that our offerings get God's attention. So when you're going through something, you know, I would say sow, sow a, a crisis-ending seed, a plague-stopping seed. Amen. Maybe this morning you want to sow a seed. Let's look at what David said. It says in 2 Samuel 24, 24 through 25, it says, So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver, and David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord 
heeded the prayers for the land, and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. Hallelujah. So I believe that we can sow a seed and, uh, and believe God for, um, for a, just a plague-stopping seed. Amen? For a plague-stopping miracle. I believe it. How many, how many of y'all believe that with me this morning? That a, a, a seed, you know, he hears us always when we pray, but scripture validates that when someone sows a seed, the woman, the widow woman, who was in the middle of a pandemic of her day, the three and a half years where Elijah had prayed that there be no rain and there was a, a, a famine in the land and there was no water, there was no crops. But God sends Elijah to this woman and says, you know, Bring me something to eat. She said, I don't have anything. She said, I'm gathering a few sticks to make a fire, and all I have is just a handful of flour and a little bit of oil in a jar. And I'm going to make a small cake. I'm going to make a little cake out of that for me and my son, and we're going to eat it. We're going to die because that's all we have left, and there's no more crops in the land to be had anywhere. Elijah said, don't worry. He said, go and do as you've said, but make me a small cake from it first. Elijah was the man of God. He was the prophet of the day. He was just getting ready to have his Mount Carmel experience where he called down fire from heaven and everyone saw that God is God. Our God is the God who answers by fire. So she made him the small cake. She brought it to him. He said, don't worry. Thus saith the Lord, that little bit of flour you have, that bin and that jar will not run out until this thing is over. And her seed got God's attention and it caused the supernatural breakthrough to come and it caused her... To, to not run out of food until the whole thing was over. Amen. Supernatural. I'm talking about the supernatural. Amen. The supernatural power of God, how he responds to our faith and to our seed, to our offering. Amen. So this morning, I'm going to ask you to, to step out on faith and to sow a, a, a special seed. Normally, we do our offering at the, at the very, very end. Um, I'm going to wait and pray at the very end, but I'm asking you right now to sow a seed. To, to, God put it on my heart. I've been thinking about it all week long, about the power of our seed in sowing a plague, crisis-stopping seed. Amen. For, you know, there might be specific things that are going on in your life, more than just corona, more than just being quarantined. You know, it might be that you, you don't have a job right now. It might be that you're having a health crisis. You know, what is your crisis? What is it? Is it that you need wisdom in a certain area? I believe that when we sow a seed, we get God's attention. Amen. Throughout Scripture, throughout Scripture, we see that. Hallelujah. In fact, the woman, the little widow woman who, who everybody was coming to the temple and giving, and uh, this one little widow woman comes in and puts in two mites, which is equal to one penny, a half a penny, equal to half a penny. She puts in those two mites. And Jesus said, look at this woman. Jesus was looking what they were putting in the offering. He said, all these people came and gave out of their abundance. But she put in all that she had. Yes, her entire livelihood was a half a penny. And she put it in. Do you see that it got Jesus' attention? It got his attention. And he didn't tell her to come back and get it. Because he knew she was poor. Because the power of that seed in the offering was going to break things open for this little widow woman. Amen. Amen. So I challenge you this morning, and, and this is coming from the Spirit of God. I'm not trying to run game on anybody. I don't do that. Um, um, we got plenty of money in the bank. It's definitely not that. I, I feel that for your breakthrough, for your breakthrough, um, 
sow a crisis ending seed. So I want you to get your cell phone out or however you're going to sow your seed, but I want you to do it now. Otherwise, you won't. You'll, you'll forget about it later on. So let's sow a, a crisis ending seed right now. Amen. If you want to sow on your um, cell phone, you can download the Acceleration Church app, click the Give button, and you can give that way. Um, or uh, you can mail it in. If you'd rather mail it in, you can do that. But I just feel like right now, I, man, I really sense it. The, the power and the Spirit of God right now is on this. That we sow a seed that is a crisis-ending seed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. If we obey and serve him, we'll spend our days in prosperity and our years in pleasure. But we honor God. Honor the Lord with your substance. Be filled with plenty and your vats overflow with new wine. God definitely says that we should give into the kingdom of God. And as we do that, as we do that, this is a special seed. Y'all been so good with your regular tithes and offerings, but this is a special seed for breakthrough in our lives. Breakthrough from this COVID. Breakthroughs from, from the um, results from it. Just whatever it is that you're needing in your life, whatever your crisis, your personal crisis is, we're all in this crisis together, but maybe there's a personal crisis. Just say, you know what, God, if you did it for David, you're no respecter of persons. If you did it for David, you'll do it for me. Amen. Lord, we thank you. Father, I just pray for every person who's hearing this word and is struggling right now about whether to obey. Father, I ask you to just give them faith. Um, I just say, Lord, that the measure of faith is stirred up on the inside of them, but that you give them faith to step over the line and to go ahead and to step into um, faith in order to sow. And God, I thank you for the for the breakthrough that we're going to experience. God, we receive it as a true fact right now. We declare breakthrough. We declare that we're in alignment, that we're exactly where you want us to be, Father, doing exactly what you want us to do. So, Father, as we obey and serve you, as we sow our seed this morning for a, a crisis-ending seed, we call an end to the crisis. We call an end to it now in Jesus' name. Father, we declare strength to endure. Father, that you keep our minds stayed on you, that we, that we guard our heart with all vigilance, for out of it flows the issues of life, Lord. So, Lord, we set a guard and a watch over our mouths, Lord, that we would not sin against you with our mouth, that we wouldn't dig up our own seed with the words we speak out of our mouth. But, God, in Jesus' name, we declare... That we, that we are speaking your word, and as we speak the word, just like, the, the, like we sang this morning, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I am redeemed. I am healed. I am blessed. I am well. I am made whole. I am overcoming in Jesus' name. It's just a matter of time until things change. I, I, I am a child of God, and God is blessing my life abundantly. Thank you, Father. We declare in Jesus' name that you're a good God, that your mercy endures forever. So we receive the mercy of God. We receive the power of God on our lives this morning. That, Lord, you're making the crooked places straight. You're bringing down the mountains and lifting up the valleys. Lord, giving us the hidden riches of secret places. Opening up the double doors of favor. Thank you, Father. We receive it now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. This is an exciting season for us, Lord God. We're excited. We know that this is opportunity. That this... this um, this position that we're in, that it's an opportunity for you to show yourself strong. So, Lord, we just yield our lives to you. 
We yield ourselves to you more than we ever have before. We make more room for you in Jesus' name. So, Lord, have your way. May we see a side of you. May we come to know you. Our determined purpose is that we would know you. Absolutely every angle of you, Father God. Open up our hearts and minds in Jesus' name. Lord, we bless you. We love you and honor you. And thank you, Lord, for the maximum return on our giving this morning, that you're moving things for us. In Jesus' name, everybody come on and shout amen. Amen and amen. Well, um, it's time for our regular tithes and offerings, making sure everybody um, that you continue to be a tither and a giver during this time. I'm hoping that we'll be back to, to church next week. Um, I, I just I feel like we're, uh, we're ready. I feel like people might be ready. And uh, if we wear our mask when we come in and when we go out while we're sitting still, we're fine. Um, but uh, if we wear our mask as we go in and out, I think that'll be great. Okay? All right. Let's make our faith declaration over our giving, and then we're going to be dismissed. Boy, I gave y'all some change back today, didn't I? Look, 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 look. Hallelujah. Make you want to do the cabbage patch. Here we go. Um, have our faith declaration ready to go, Miss Jackie? There we go. Y'all ready? Come on, let's say it. Father, in Jesus' name, today is the dawning of a new day. My season of frustration and lack is over. Hey, Kevin, do you have that on full screen? Okay, my season of frustration and lack is over, and I'm walking in a season of love, joy, peace, success, overflow, and prosperity. My love for you, relationship with you, and sensitivity to you is growing closer every day. I declare that favor and wisdom for promotion is mine now. You are opening doors for me that no man can shut. Thank you, Father, for watching over your word to perform it in my life. It's causing my life to prosper. I'm in anticipation of the good things you have prepared for me. I am blessed to be a blessing. So as I increase more and more, Father, open my eyes to see ways that I may bless others. I'll be quick to see the need and respond to your voice. Say this with me, y'all. Because you have planted Acceleration Church here, Humble, Texas is experiencing revival. I decree that the Spirit of God is drawing multitudes here from the north, south, east, and west. People are responding to your presence, power, and purpose for their lives. We declare that all people of all ages, backgrounds, and ethnicities are being impacted forever. In Jesus' name, come on, shout amen. amen.